0: BoxCutters has been invited to South by Southwest to perform a live podcast in Austin, Texas. This is a huge opportunity for us and Australian podcasting as a whole, but we need your help to get there. Go to boxcutters.possible.com P-O-Z-I-B-L-E, boxcutters.possible.com,
1: P-O-Z-I-B-L-E, boxcutters.possible.com
0: And pledge your money to help us get to South by Southwest.
1: Previously on BoxCutters.
2: Loving the Yeah,
3: it's very good. Thank you for cut off for something. Yeah, and they were, they were like I'm oh, just well, going to trim it just so there's a bit of point of difference between you know, yeah, yeah. the last few shows oh, yeah. and then they went
2: uh, they trimmed it all
3: I went because
2: oh. I do think of your acting as being hair based it's now. very hair based I, very I start hair the hair based. and work my way yeah. inwards yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 291, Cheese, Avocado and Salad on Rye. My name is Josh Kanal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, Mr.
4: To my right, Brick Good evening, viewers. Does avocado not count as part of salad? Does not count. Really? Does not count
1: it's as like part of salad. Because it's
2: like a special edition. It
1: is
4: a special edition, usually at
1: least a dollar extra. Box Cutters is all about television and this week we've got so much of it. We don't know how we're going to fit it into the show. We've got like a great guest and everything, John. We do. We've, yeah. we Toby Truslove, who uh, is in that excellent show Laid, which uh, just won uh, AFI uh, awards uh, Act Act award. Actors, actor Actors award. Actor award. But you know what? Everyone who got there and won one tweeted, "We just won, won an, an AFI award. award."
2: He's he's coming in. He's also in an. He's also in another show. Yeah, yeah. We'll be asking Toby Truslove: Is Outland the best show on television? or the bestest <laughs> hard hitting questions like that would be Yeah, yeah, hard hitting questions. That's
1: that's that's good. Uh, we've got it's double Toby episode because we've also got Toby Halligan in. Hey. He's, uh, he's going to be collecting things we say. We've got one thing or do we? We've got some pork as always though we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. <coughs> Former Channel 9 news reporter... You don't have to do it on every single thing, Brad. It's my <laughs> right, good the it toys. Too many toys. Too many toys. Former Channel 9 news reporter Melissa Mallet, or as the French would pronounce that, M- Melissa, M- <laughs> who was fired last year, gave testimony against Nine at a Fair Work Australia tribunal in Brisbane last week. Uh, she was one of the three people fired after... Do you remember the, the live news crosses uh, that Channel 9 had? From the, heli- uh, it where the it was? It was from a helicopter... Uh, during the search for uh, missing uh, schoolboy Daniel Morecambe uh, in mm-hmm. Queensland's Sunshine Coast. Yes. And uh, it was revealed that...
4: Uh, the live cross was made to be that they were they were following the search, but they were actually... But they were
1: actually... One one was in the chopper in the car park and, uh, and Melissa uh, Mallett was in the chopper on her way back to Brisbane, near Channel Nine in in Brisbane,
2: So she been fired? Did you say
1: she she was fired last year? Uh, five days after after the incident, there there was a uh, there was an investigation within Nine, and she is uh, trying to sue Channel Nine at the uh, Fair Work Australia Tribunal. According to Brisbane Times, she said at the tribunal, "I felt I'd done enough to make the choppers' position clear," and. Uh, And now she's worried that there's a a cloud over her reputation. The Courier-Mail reported that she said she was unaware that her location was being misrepresented on screen. Mm -hmm. Because on screen it said near the location that she was supposed to have been. Near the car park. Yes. Uh, She is uh, apparently seeking uh, compensation for lost wages and the clearing of her name. Now, the thing is, yes, it's not illegal to to falsify a news report.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're implying it's wrong. It's... <laughs> it's it a is, moral grey area. It, it is a moral grey area. Is the
1: problem here, though, that the need for the live cross... I mean, we, we've talked about this with James Tyler in the past. There are more and more live crosses on on the news these days. Is that... Bringing problems to actual news coverage. I mean, if, yeah, if she had bullshit, really. If she had filed, if she had written a full report, recorded a full report, filed it and uh, and and put it on the internet into Dropbox, gave it to Channel Nine, uh, where they could cut it all together and, and put it up live. Would that have been? any worse use the,
2: coverage because the content's probably exactly the same isn't it because we're, we're only talking about the fact that she's in a chopper claiming to be somewhere but in fact what she probably said in that report was still accurate yeah and pr- pr- probably the same and as useful in quotes but uh,
1: with worse sound quality w- one would guess because <laughs> she has to talk over a chopper yeah. as
4: opposed to and through that
1: joke, being able Mark. to record but
2: convenient for parking yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think I, I think the, the problem here is I mean, whether or not she was she was sacked unfairly. Eh, I don't care, uh, but it speaks of a bigger problem in TV news at the moment, and and that's what really needs to to be looked at. And, and unfortunately, Fair Work Australia isn't isn't the place to look at that. And uh, clearly, neither is ACMA. This is a this is a story that I've entitled China TV versus China Web, fight. It needs a theme tune. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Just, but I just... I, I, I remember like... Sounds uh, like
4: Ticking 3. Yeah,
1: that's pretty much right. Eddie Corbel, it is. Fight! Fight! Uh, we've spoken a lot about uh, Chinese restrictions on television recently, and a, a report in the Wall Street Journal says that online viewing of video websites is overtaking viewership in China. Video sites are governed by the Ministry of Culture in China, while TV is under the jurisdiction of the State Administration of Radio, Film and TV.
4: Which is just the Ministry for Propaganda.
1: And apparently the Ministry of Culture is a lot more lax in, in terms of its restrictions than, uh, than surfed, Sarfed.
4: The Ministry for Propaganda.
1: State, State Administration of Radio, Film and TV. The result is a kind of gold rush onto the web with advertisers scrambling for space. And, and we're talking big... Western advertisers like General Motors scrambling for for space on on these Chinese websites and uh, sites desperate to obtain the rights to certain shows. One company paid the equivalent of 3 million Australian dollars or 20 million yuan uh, at the time for the rights to the Chinese-produced Legend of Concubine Zhen Huan. And the costs are, are just getting... Higher and higher. So that was three million dollars a couple of years ago, and there are undisclosed sums more, more recently. Some sites are creating their own productions, which they can do for like a million dollars, and so is much cheaper. And these are net only productions. These are net only produ- productions not happening on on TV, and uh, others are starting to charge subscriptions for their services. Uh, TV in China is quickly losing its market share and it seems like uh, it might have been regulated out of existence. Uh, it, it, from, from the sounds of this uh, Wall Street Journal article, it really seemed like it was just... Going downhill.
4: So doesn't that mean that uh, the Chinese government is just going to have to be? They're going to be forced to bring down restrictions a lot more on on the Great Wall of China. Uh, what what people over there actually? The Great have, fi- Firewall. The great Firewall. The great of China. Firewall of China. Uh, what people over there have access to online and uh, and and bring that a lot more in line with the, the Cultural Revolution propaganda stuff.
1: Well, there's uh, it's it's problematic because uh, China economically is. Uh, in in quite a boon at the moment yeah. and uh and they're getting so much money and so much money from other parts of the world i mean the the fact that uh major american corporations are advertising on chinese websites to to get their viewers uh is huge news and is something that chinese tv can't really get uh, get get a part of uh I might be wrong in this and, and maybe Toby Halligan can uh, can correct me but uh, I think the, the way it works in China is that China, the government, owns a part of every business in China. So every dollar that is spent from overseas into China goes to, a part of that goes to the Chinese government.
4: Mm-hmm. Like uh, the iTunes
1: store. It's, it's a lot like the iTunes store. Yep. It's very, very similar to the itunes store very similar no it's not uh so the uh so they they wouldn't necessarily feel so bad about that but there is a part of the chinese government that wants to maintain its strict hold to to maintain its authority and i think that's that's where saft is is sticking with itself and uh and they
2: would be quite happy to let things go go to the web
1: in very brief news, John, you had...
2: So you, you, you've brought up all the, yeah, the really important news. The only one I could find was about the Sherlock effect, which I did want to mention. Sherlock Holmes series 2 has just aired in the UK. This
1: is. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the third episode. I've only seen the first two.
2: Okay, well, I believe in the third episode, everything's nice and lovely, and, oh, and there's no massive cliffhanger you'll need to worry about. So, but it was just interesting that there's been this thing called Sherlock Holmes effect. It turned out a teapot that appeared in, in the... Uh, in, I think it was in the last episode, which had a map of the UK on the side of it, which was a, just a small retailer. She made this teapot. It's suddenly become like this best-selling thing. She's sold out for months. She can't keep up demand from her teapot appearing on screen. Mm-hmm. The cups and saucers they were using, there is now a wait list for them at Rocket St. George, which sells the, the cups and saucers that were seen that Sherlock has been using. And the company that made the coat that he wears... It's it's Bellstaff, and the the greatcoat is a, it's called Milford, I think is the great coat. It was discontinued. It's now been brought back because of the demand from Sherlock. And they're talking about the Sherlock effect now in, in the UK where products are being sort of, and quite expensive-ish products, are being sort of flying out the doors just because they appear on the show. There's no reference to the brand, there's no reference to what they are, but it's actually enough to then propel an industry. And it seems weird that the UK in particular now seems to be going that way. The killing apparently led to a, a bunch of The the, the jumpers? The jumpers, but also various foodstuffs and and corporations that made them. Um, I know they said that uh, bow ties basically came back in because of Doctor Who. There's this weird thing where the UK now is actually having... It's not just like how Mad Men kind of pushed a 60s revival in clothing in America, which it did. This is like more specific they're items. They're under the spell of TV. It's almost like, yeah, they're seeing a thing on TV and they're going, oh, must buy that. <laughs> and and things are becoming bestsellers just by appearing but on the But of course we, we see
4: uh, MasterChef and Pizza Stones the day after they yeah. do Pizza Stones. But that's but
2: often deliberate, isn't it, on MasterChef? Maybe not the Pizza Stones, but there's a deliberate... This no, no, a particular part. brand it is particular they yeah, use, and, yeah. and, and, it is but they overt. do word up
4: the retailers uh, so that they can stock up. Well,
2: that's the thing, and, and uh, I know food in, in the UK uh, food programs would often. Delia Smith, for example, would actually tell the main uh, supermarkets what she was going to be cooking. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe, maybe it's because they know, like the, the viewers know that no one has paid to have that teapot.
2: There. Whereas if it was product placement, they might feel a bit they w- more... They would go, oh, they're trying a bit hard. There's also a story we, we didn't get around to covering and, and we we're going to hopefully have Glenn Peters maybe discuss at some point in the future was that uh, the UK now has product placement and when it happens on television, the letter P must appear in the corner of screen to tell you product placement is currently happening. And the first example of it was used recently, I think it's Coronation Street, went from a generic ATM in the par in the to having a branded bank on the ATM. But every time it appears, apparently a little P has to appear in the bottom corner, which, of course, will just get you looking for where it is. You're going to be looking mm-hmm. around to try and mm-hmm. find... It's like spot the product placement. <laughs> is it also
4: in the UK where they're using the placeholders so that they can put the products in? They've been talking
2: for international sales because if it's a local... Yeah, if it's a local uh, item or bank that isn't in your country, then they could just put a white thing up and then you can CGI in the Australian bank. I think they've been talking about but it. But I, I not think it's happened yet. But it'd be
1: really weird if, uh,
2: like, Westpac ATM
1: was in Coronation Street. Street.
2: It would be very distracting, but then, you know, so is the letter P on screen.
1: CBS has announced a plan to make me lose the will to live by signing a development deal with Martin Lawrence for a new sitcom. I thought you were a huge fan of Martin Lawrence. Oh, uh, because because of my nickname for him. What's that? Poison. <laughs> poison Lawrence? No, poison. Just poison. He is poison. The man is poison. He's poison everything he touches. have you seen Bad Boys? Poison. You know what? Bad Boys, an exception. Have you seen Bad Boys 2? <laughs> no, what, I haven't
4: seen Bad Boys 1. And What, <laughs> are, they,
1: what are they developing for him then? Some sitcom. It's CBS, so it'll be a three camera laugher. Uh, but they have uh, two scribes. Uh, writing separate
2: pictures. For the same show? For the same human, Martin Lawrence, who is more poison than human. But does that mean that both shows could get up? There could be the one where he's a time-travelling space detective and the one where he has to pretend to be a puppy? I
1: hope not. That would be... You know what, Martin Lawrence appeared in a, a film with, with Danny DeVito The film was called What's the Worst That Could Happen The worst that could happen is Martin Lawrence is in your film That's the worst that could happen <laughs> And that is the box cutters News
3: So uh, what is today's meeting?
1: The spreadsheet says that today we will be viewing the definitive 10th anniversary DVD of Ridley Scott's Alien
3: Hang on Alien was released in 1979. How can this be the 10th anniversary? Uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's uh, the, the 10th anniversary of the last definitive uh, DVD. Do you know, Ridley Scott actually got the original cast back together to film new scenes just uh, so he could cut them.
5: Ooh.
1: Ooh. We're joined in the Boxcutters studio by Mr. Toby Truslove. Toby, welcome to Box Cutters. Thank you, uh, Boxcutters Collective. Your time starts now. <clears throat> if you were a backpacker, where would you stay? Paris wrong what was the Damn it. what was the nationality of your character in crash palace uh, he's, if it was from essex he was from the uk how correct how many episodes of thank god you're here were you in two correct <laughs> why didn't the comedy channel pick up i can't believe it's not better
3: uh butter yeah it was terrible um no <laughs> i don't know it had a, it had all the ingredients um and then uh, uh is that too long an answer? Correct. <laughs> <Phew. clears throat> Which do
1: you prefer? Outland or laid? Outland! Correct!
3: <laughs>
1: In the new series of Laid, is your character dead?
3: Um no. Ooh, Ooh or, or am Ooh. I? Ooh Oily. damn it. Um or I could be a ghost. I can't tell you. Correct! When does Outland air? Outland starts February ninth. Eight. Eight. <laughs> Eight.
1: Your time is up. Yes.
3: Thank you very much for joining us, Toby Truslow. Thanks very much, guys. It's been really great.
1: We're
2: Thanks. really speeding these interviews up. We really now, are.
1: Thank you, for, thank, thank
2: you for joining us on... That's uh, it is my
1: pleasure. ...on, on, on Box Cutters. So, uh, clearly, you've done a lot of work on, on television. Uh, Crash Palace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing for eight years. Sure. Thank God you're here. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh, laid and yeah. now Outland. Sure, yes. Uh, so, so you, you kind of... You started
3: slow and then you've really, really sped up. Got fast. Yeah. It started fast... I was doing a lot of theatre as well, and then I did Crash Palace, and then I went, "Well, now I'll just be doing TV forever." Um, and then uh, that didn't happen.
2: I was going to ask that because your IMDb page, you've got uh, there's, I think, an episode of All Saints, and there's some yeah, yeah, bits and pieces in there. Yeah, but it seems me, because now you are the golden boy of the ABC, <laughs> and yeah, we know you are. That's the thing because you're in sure, you're in sure. Outland, you're in Laid, uh, you're coming up in the Strange Calls. Mm-hmm. And was there a moment we kind of did say, "Oh, I seem to actually"? Have a career now. Yeah, there was. I moved to
3: Melbourne for another a job uh, at Channel 7, <laughs> which uh, with, and- with um, Andrew O'Keefe, they did a, a show. I was on oh, 7. the late Andrew 2- O'Keefe. late Andrew O'Keefe. Um, God rest his soul. Um, um, he, yeah, they cha- was, they was, changed
1: the name of that after.
3: Yeah, it was This Is Your Laugh. This uh, was your laugh. Yeah, this late Andrew laugh. O'Keefe was a much better title. Yeah. You are in uh, a whole bunch of shows with terrible titles. Yeah, I know, I know. I insist on them. They're my idea. <laughs> uh, they start good and then I go, you know, how can I fuck this up? We shot that and I and I moved to Melbourne and I got rid of my old agent. God bless them. But they were not great. Well, they, they were, when I first joined, they were sort of a, you know, an old and established agent and I think they sort of, by the time I left, they'd sort of been around for a long time and I changed agents and moved, moved and uh, it was like I'd,
2: and I just arrived. Do you know what it is? Very then? good. Is there something you can point to that was the role that changed things?
3: No, I, it was it was definitely the move. It was definitely the move to Melbourne, and uh, and I think that the, yeah, the change in agency that, that I suddenly I came down did was doing different kinds of stuff, um, and yeah, it was with an agent that everyone. Liked and would uh, no one like my ever my in Sydney, everyone would <laughs> used to go, God bless, would sort of say, Why are you with them? Why are you with them still? <laughs> <laughs> but I was very, I'm very slow to move. I'm not lazy, I'm just relaxed and sort of quite faithful. I was a bit like having the conversation to leave it was Lydia Agency was like a it was really like a, a breakup. I really felt that I was going to. I'd had to walk through the streets and go, drum up the carriage to go, look, oh, it's just, it's not me, it's you. Um, it's not working out. Um, I've, look, it's because I've moved to Melbourne and that's why. And they were like, well, why, why can't, someone else can represent you in Melbourne and we can represent you in Sydney. I was like, no, no, that is, oh, you've misunderstood me. Um, I am leaving
2: Because <laughs> when we cast Outland It was funny that you were You were definitely Being pushed forward mm. and, and there was that sense This is before Lady had come on as well But there mm. was that sense That everyone knew of you yeah. Within the sort of industry And there was mm. that sense Of everyone was sort of Competing to get Toby's t- trust, and someone bless him did say, "Oh, he's done this thing called I can't believe it's not Betty. You should watch that." And then they came to the next day <laughs> to be, "Don't watch it. <laughs> Just trust me. He's really good." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you
3: watch
1: it? Did you ever no, see I, it? I never saw it. I, 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 was I, yeah. I, I saw it. I saw it. And uh, uh, full disclosure, I'm, I'm, I'm very good friends with Sean.
0: Sean's
1: bit. And, and, the writing and, was was excellent. And your uh, like Colin's Colin's version of Sean, yeah. and your version of Bob, yeah. Uh, was like totally entertaining. Yeah. It was it was great. The sketches were great. Yeah. The casting of the producer was was yep. what ruined the show. And and for those for those who haven't seen uh the comedy channels very short lived, one episode never picked up, pilot <laughs> of uh of I Can't Believe It's Not Better, it mm-hmm. was uh it, it was a show about making a sketch comedy show, but it was kind of about making a not very good Sketch comedy show and uh, but the sketches in it were were hilarious, and the, the only reason it wasn 't good was because of network interference,
3: yeah yeah it was it, the sketch the, it, it, right it was one of those ones that, that comes off the page really well. you read it and went this is funny this is this is funny it's funny and new and interesting, and I think it could be good but when you, I, I was talking to Kitty Flanagan actually the other, mm. the other day and just we't so she played Sydney. the publicist or yeah the... she was oh she was coming in as the new kind of head of the oh, network yeah. kind of thing and um it was just uh it's one of those things that that comedy is you, you, you can you can do it on the day, and you can and Cole and I we've done a couple of things together, and we know each other quite you know went well enough to bounce back and forwards, and we were having fun. But you you then have to sort of give it up to to editing and and you know directing, and if it's not there was a lot of air in that show. That's what we there's a lot of air, yep. And they all and and it it seemed like there'd been air put in even after we <laughs> left it. Like normally you kind of go well we'll just you know it's about reaction you know it's just ed- editing is a, such an interesting thing especially when someone if you're doing drama editing on it on on comedy just doesn't work you know you need two shots so you can see reactions you can see people talking to each other and uh, if so if there is air you've got them both you can you've got them both looking at each other going you know and so you've you've captured that moment but if you're doing drama stuff where you're just going to singles and pushing and it just it, it.
1: but the fact that people people had seen you in uh, and I can't believe it's not better. And obviously, hmm. they'd that, that also seen you in. Thank God you're here. I mean, yeah. that, uh, that seemed to launch a, a few careers. Yours, Josh Lawson.
3: Yes, it, it is. It's true. Josh is a, one of my good mates, um, and oh. had had I think that same sort of. Yeah, you know, I, I wish you know it had been on. for I'd, I got on a few years ago. Really, I wish I'd you know come down and started doing more of that stuff. It, but it, those guys. I really do hunt out people and have a chat. Like the, when I first got approached, they just it was just like a chat. Let's have a chat. Can you have, come and have a chat with us and just see if we like you and if you like us and if this is going to work out there? And if they like you, then they will support you and put you on a show like that, which really does have a lot of kind of power, really, because it's, it's suddenly it's it, you know a lot of people watch that show. More people come up, you know, and sort of go. Hey, mate, you're awesome. Still, I mean, more when it first happened, but much more so than anything on the ABC. People will come up and go, Hey, is that true, mate, that they don't tell you anything about being behind the door? (laughs) Do you know it? Seriously. (laughs) Because it's funny. It's funny, but they tell you it's bullshit. That stuff's not right. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> more than sometimes it happens it fits or it doesn't happen because people yeah, everyone's too cool to talk to you about <laughs> yeah, it they're just like are you on that show yeah I could be on a show just
2: I was going to ask you uh, sort of the opposite of that then because obviously as an actor not having any work that's bad but, <laughs> sure. is, but is there a moment where you suddenly go oh I actually am on two shows on the ABC this year or possibly three if Strange Calls is, is on and, I mean is oh. there ever mm. a worry that, that you can go the other way too, too
3: much on TV yeah, for that oh, abso- you- absolutely yeah oh, no, I not well no, no you you can be on to I mean I think at the ABC at the moment that, that that um the head of comedy has has definitely said to me in a in a joking but also serious way going right no more shows for you know a while no more new shows you can't do any more she slapped me at one point and said and said that's it that's for being overexposed but it's just, I mean at the moment there's not much in the way of network stuff that is really appropriate for me or that people go I mean I'm not I don't generally get cast as a cop or a, a you know fireman or a lawyer or a anything John and I were talking uh, b- before
1: you arrived that you're kind of an everyman like one of the reasons that you work so well in these roles mm. is because you're you're not noticeable you don't stand out you are the guy yeah that guy right you yeah, are, you things are just happen
3: to him you are the regular me.
1: guy that, mm. that, that stuff happens to mm. networks don't cast People like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cast noticeable people. Yeah, and uh, and what? It, I know it sounds. It's just they call me bland. Listen, I know Wait a
2: it's so oh, any
3: minute now. <laughs> it's going to sound rude. No, no, but it's, it's it, but no. That uh, that. Uh, the, it, uh, no, you, uh, someone, I was you described and one time. So are, uh, yeah, Dave Lawson. These these yeah. are all these are all people who are people you would see in the street. Yeah, I was called approachably good looking by a casting agent one time. Uh, this, I used to do a lot of ads in Sydney. I sort of got I got slipped into ad land because I was sort of you know doing that, and uh, and <laughs> the, the, it was a good description. It was like well you know you kind of. We, I trust you to buy something. You're sort of approachably good-looking. No, I mean, not out, next door not good out there good-looking. Just like you could, you know, not non-threateningly <laughs> appealing in sort of some way. But um, but I think it's, it's also more that I don't think there's the networks don't really have. It's expensive to do a comedy, on the network. It's an ex, it's an expensive pastime to, to to make comedy. It costs as much as anything else, like a drama, to make. And so and and because networks sort of see them as a bit of a risk generally. That they go, well, we could spend the money on doing a comedy or we could make something that we think that everyone wants to see, which is a farm show or a cop show or a lawyer cop but- show or a lawyer cop ambulance show set in a, a fire, you know, Station with cops who are lawyers and doctors and hospital fire H- police. Hospital yeah. fire police. I love that show. Do you great. Awesome. Right hospital fire police. Awesome. Cannot wait for next season. Oh my god. E-
2: every every minute has a cliffhanger. It's yeah. incredible.
3: <laughs> Just running to different rooms. What's happening? I don't know. Every shot
2: every, ends on a in a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's all, exhausting to watch. All played by a young
1: Cameron uh, Daddo, with special <laughs> appearance by a young Gary Sweet. Yeah,
2: they're, they're both very good. Mm.
3: <laughs> and they, can't, they never walk downstairs. They jump out windows on <laughs> like, with grappling hooks. That's the only way to get from level to level Fonds. ones. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: uh, you would. It's just bad architecture. So you're saying yeah. that most TV stations wouldn't, for example, make a show about a gay science fiction fan club. <laughs>
3: so everyone was clamouring. I know there was a bidding war for uh, a long time <laughs> with Outland. Please, 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 can I make this?
2: Because uh, when you use a relic, so I was curious, uh, was the gay thing an issue? Like, like was there any discussion no. for
3: you of... Of doing, doing a show? Um, of no. doing the gay on the television? No, no, no. No, it's all, it was all about it was. It, initially, when I'd first read, honestly, when I read the, when it was sort of, um, the idea was put to me, I was like, I was like, right, and I said, and but, and I spoke to to Kev Carlin. I was like, I have to have a, a chat, and I asked to speak to the director and said, but you know, what is that the only joke? Like, is that is that it? Is that the point? He's like, no, 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 no. You've got to see. You've got to see it, it unfolds. There's a second joke There's, a second, third. there's, there's up to three jokes <laughs> in the entire. Um, uh, and just sort of went, no, so no, not not about not about um, not about uh, gay storylines. It was it was more about that. And you, you hear and you go, ha ha! Great gay science fiction. You know, uh, you know, two closets. You know, um, they're ashamed, ashamed of being. Uh, you know especially max ashamed of being a science fiction out out about being gay but closeted about being a science fiction uh, fan um but is that it is there more you know because sometimes when you sometimes you hear a funny concept and they and that's like yeah no that's that's it they're uh, they're invisible juggling clowns and that's the thing they're invisible juggling clowns and they travel through space um like what else? No, no, that's it. That's all. That's all that happens. And
1: and have adventures. And have adventures.
3: Yeah. yeah. So is that it? They just yeah, <laughs> they have adventures. Hilarity ensues. Yeah. So no, that was that was the only that was the only thing mm-hmm. that um, that when you sort of get that just a little brief description, you kind of think,
2: and 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 then what happens? Because that'll keep people amused for. Do you think that's a societal thing now, or just your management and your particular you know Fitzroy inner city? Latte sipping ways. No, I'm which, just which which were uh, no, 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 just the approach to, to sexuality? Because I'm curious that so far there's been no complaints about the show either from the Andrew Bolt style wire attack style has been spent on this. Yeah, which is annoying because I've practiced an answer. You, <laughs> do you, you, do you want me curious? to come at you? Do you want oh, no, me to come at you and you can pretend? You curious in one way or two I, 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 ways. I did it on the Shooting the Pooh podcast, so you can always listen to it okay, there. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's in three parts, and it doesn't involve quoting the ABC Charter as well. But ah. but it's just about that no one sings. It's the dance to, routine I'm, I'm concerned <laughs> about.
3: The, the, the bit where you sing.
2: It's hard. It's hard to
3: tell on the. <laughs> Radio, yeah. and that part that you sing, so Andrew
2: Bolt, let me answer that in mime. In dance, <laughs> but I mean, do you think that is a thing? Are actors generally going to be concerned about playing a gay character now, or is that a thing? No, of the
3: past? no, I, 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 don't, I don't know. No one, I mean, no one that I, I mean, it would, no one that I know would have would have a problem. It would be it, it with playing a gay character. I, I really don't. I really couldn't think of anyone would have a. I mean, most actors would go great. Well, that's that's something. I mean, you want you want to as an actor, you should <laughs> want to try and un, you know uh, get into the mind of your character, and and it, it makes no you know it's it, it's somewhat something someone that is is um, you know different from yourself is uh, if you happen to be a straight actor going great oh was well, a gay character this is interesting a gay character who's you know has all these characters it was more it was more no never the gay issue it was more about um um because because i think max is is uh you you don't want to make a character because he's sort of a bit wide-eyed and a bit sort of buffeted by by all the the things that happen um you you don't you don't want that to be a sort of a one you know a one note kind of uh kind of thing but um No, I don't think it's a fits for a latte specific thing. I Mm. I hope not. No, I I certainly don't know anyone who'd ever have a problem with playing a gay character.
1: But how many people in your situation would would say, "Is there more to it?" Or would they say,
3: "It's work"? Um, Sure. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, absolutely. And there's there's not there's not. I mean, yeah, in Australia, you really can't sort of then also go, "Yeah, no, I don't. I'd rather." I'd rather work at a call centre. Selling masters for me. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, Do you turn a lot of stuff down? Are you in that position now where you get to... No? No, not really. No. I I say yes to everything. But it's luckily enough I get... I I have been very fortunate over the last few years to be offered really interesting things, hence a lot of the ABC stuff. Um, I mean, I turn down things like ads and stuff... Um, I have been. <laughs> I might change my mind about that. <laughs> um, um, but but no, no. You, you really you, you're not. In, you're
2: never really in a position in Australia to to uh, to say to say no to work. I would say that your character in Laid, curiously, is probably actually as far away from the real Toby Trust Love as mm. your character in Outland. Sure. How did you approach both? of the, I mean, how how do you? Is it a, a are you like one of those very, very prepared actors, or it instinctive, or what do you do with?
3: Um, it,
2: there, there is a lot of instinct that
3: goes into my stuff. The, the, I, I do try and I do try and learn as much about the about from the writers generally, or or I mean, I think, you know, I can remember asking you a lot of questions about about Max, um, and Laid was the same. But once you sort of once you, you it's for, more for me about. Learning how they react in certain situations that aren't necessarily even in the script but once you've sort of fixed in that little world, then you can play within that world and that's that's more how i work i i don't sort of i'm not i'm not method to the you know to the point of you know having little max um driver's license worked out and stuck in my wallet because um I'm kind of the opinion if you know people can't see it then they probably don't know or care um
2: about that um you are a very tactile actor, which I always enjoy watching your work because you're very much on, on picking things up and moving props. I do, them. I do, but I always
3: because that's I I always enjoy seeing that. I always enjoy, enjoy seeing that, and it does it does, and it it it's a bitch really sometimes because especially when you kind of go, you know, you walk in a room and you play with something, pick something up, have a sip of something, you know, cough, look around, scratch your head, and then they're like, "Great, so funny, love what you do." Now do that eighty thousand times from different angles, remembering where you put your hand, remembering where the cup was. Uh, and uh, yeah. I remember smoking on something. I think it was Crash Palace where you know, I I would I would smoke a lot sort of nervously and then just like, oh god, this is sort of a ridiculous thing on a single camera. I never smoke on a single camera. You have to you have to remember where your hand was and because people love it though. People props people love it because they'll come up with a cigarette that's cut to the right length and stuff and they give it to you, you know. That, that's amusing. But um you also end up smoking too many cigarettes and uh yeah but I do like playing with stuff I love playing with things because I love watching that I love watching someone inhabit a room
2: wasn't the thing because you did a masterclass did you with, with William H. Macy.
3: yes that was fun that was a lot of fun my, my girlfriend at the time was doing uh, doing Nightmares and Dreamscapes down here which um, they, were, they were filming and she uh, she got cast and I was on the phone to her and I just someone had said oh William H. Basie's coming to do a masterclass with all the practical aesthetics people up in up in Sydney, and I'd never, I'd always not quite seen eye to eye with practical aesthetics. I found them, I, I find them very. It's a style of theatre, you know. It's a style of, um, it's a style of teaching that, that William H Macy and Mamet actually came up with, um, and it's they used to be very, um, they were very um, method kind of guys, and mm-hmm. then they sort of went, actually, you know what? Um, if I'm wearing a king's outfit and there's someone's built a throne behind me I'm pretty sure everyone knows that I'm a king you know let everyone else deal with all that stuff and then work sort of on, on yourself but um, I never I've always found them a little bit intractable uh, working with them on stage so I was kind of but I really like William H. Macy love him and Seals uh, um, Tori my girlfriend at the time was doing this uh, thing with him and, she, and I was on the phone to her and <laughs> I said oh he's doing a master class down here and she's like oh alright hang on a second Bill Bill, come here, Bill. My boyfriend wants to do one of your classes. He's like, "Oh, okay, great." Well, I'll, I'll put him on the door. It was hilarious. It was all sold out. and so I went along to do this class, and he was, um, he was, he was really, he was lovely. But he was, he was also very, he was very practical, and he he was completely at odds with a lot of the people in the class who had actually been taught by um, the practical esthetics kind of teachers. Who would come back to Australia because you know, I think it's like Chinese whispers, not that we call it that anymore, but you know, there's there's that trickle on effect where people sort of have learnt from people who've taught from learnt learnt learnt, you know, and it and it gets so kind of muddied that he was that they were going, but what about this? And he was going, No, no, I, I wouldn't do that. And I was I, and he had a cold, he said, I apologise, I've got a cold, I'm in a bit of a bad mood. And he and at one point he said, I'm looking around the room he, he said, to be honest, how many people have I people asked me how many people have I made Better by doing practical aesthetics. Like, how many people have I made a better actor? Um, I, I don't know. One? None? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you can You either have it or you don't have it. To be honest, you, I mean, you can train for things, but um, but you know, mm, not really. I mean, uh, looking around the room today, how many people are you, uh, is honestly going to be stars here? Probably none of you, really. I mean, <laughs> it's like oh, shit. This is this is heavy. He's like, but we need, but maybe, I don't know, but probably, <laughs> realistically, that's, uh, but we need producers. What we need are people who produce. I mean, it, it's like, this is the... We need plumbers. We need plumbers, yeah. The world will fall apart and we don't have fry cooks and stuff. Um, but not. But it was really refreshing. It was completely refreshing. And I was like, yes, this is, this is he, he is, is how I, you know. And he was very much about being in the moment on stage as well. And so he's going, if I know Tom's how to, Big chilli for lunch You know And I'm doing I'll poke him in the stomach I don't care You know on stage You get a reaction out of him Because I know You know The practical aesthetics people Were kind of going Blowing their minds Going Oh but I thought Once you've locked it in place You can't move it on mm.
2: So yes And you're, you're writing down Poke man with chilli Poke man yeah, <laughs> with chilli Make person need chilli Poking stomach. <laughs> oh no! I just thank I just, you, William H Macy.
1: I just like misunderstanding it and then having a chili with you <laughs> and in every round yeah,
3: with stomach. a chili.
2: Yeah. William H Macy told me to do it, yeah. dude. That's, what are you doing? Shut this up.
3: is acting. Yeah. I am an actor. I know what I am doing. Everybody, stand back. I'm in control.
1: I've, I, I, I have another uh, the actor's journey question sure. for you. <laughs> uh, in in practical terms. You and Josh Lawson, let's say you you around the same time, very similar uh very similar on-screen styles. He went he went to the US, mm. you stayed here. Mm. You've done uh two series, one of them has uh, has ended up in, in a second season thus far. Mm-hmm. John, we're waiting. We're waiting. We're all waiting, darling. <laughs> uh the uh Josh it'll, Lawson it'll happen. Josh Lawson has done a lot of pilots, maybe a few episodes and then things have gotten canceled. Mm. Uh Although he's in House of Lies now, he's, mm. he's in a, the very excellent House of Lies. Yeah. Have you watched? Uh, it? I've, I've seen the first episode. Uh, I've watched a bits of it. It looks good, it, doesn't it? And it's and I, and I was a bit worried when I saw him come on. This is the thing: when I saw him come on screen, mm. I went, "Oh no, it's got Josh Lawson in it. It's not going to last."
2: <laughs> because you were just picking on Josh Lawson. Is there a question at the end of this, or are you no, no, just no, yeah. attacking? I, I, L- I want to know
1: uh, which. Uh, he's he's obviously getting work mm. in LA, which for a lot of actors is is the dream. Yeah. Is that your dream, or would you be happy staying here and being like Paul Cronin and just doing Aussie work after
3: Aussie work oh, after Aussie work? No, I'd be happy to do Aussie work after Aussie work. Absolutely. The, I think, you know, most most actors worth their salt, honestly, I think would, if they could be doing good work here, would. And people don't, I, unless it's the money, you could sort of see the attraction of, of getting paid, you know, 40,000 an episode for 22 episodes. That would be appealing. Off the bat, you know, without Mm -hmm. negotiating first year, you know, which is... Starting salary. Starting salary, you know, and that's like, you know, 22, that's 22, that's almost 20 years of someone's, you know, income for some, you know, that's, that's and to get that in one thing, you go, well, that's, that's appealing. And also the the kinds of work, you know, there's a, people get frustrated in Australia because um, there's not the variety of stuff or they're not the opportunities. Um, And... Yeah, so there's that. There's that. There is a, a strong temptation, and I've been I've been f- fantastically lucky in the last few years to be getting good stuff and stuff that I really like. So there's there's been no thought of me going. I'm gonna I'm gonna go anywhere because you know I'm getting to do stuff that I wouldn't be able to get to do anywhere else. And and it's you know, um, but you, you can see I, I don't ever blame anyone for going over and doing it. Um, and John, you know, and and there has been. But see, you you, you get that kind of when I remember watching those things, like um, you know, E Hollywood true stories or backstories. On like on the, on Friends, And the you know, enjoy, you know Chandler from Friends. Um, you know, and that it'd be um, he he first did a you know a pilot for such and such, and that a short-lived series with such and such, and they go through all these things. Like they do ten things. And you go, I've never heard of any of these mm. things. Because the, the, about, the, the anime. called family tree about a family tree, you know, and it's all these things you go. I've never heard of this stuff, but they all do like a year or a season or one of that those eight or six, you know, kind of yeah. summer kind of things. And they do heaps of things before they get before they crack it. But we, you know, we don't we don't get we don't get to do mm. that sort of thing of, of
2: unheard of TV shows that um even in the UK, things like you know Simon Pegg and and, and you know, that sort of spaced lot. Yeah. it's was interesting that they had done. Like two cable shows we've never heard of yeah. before. That, whereas for us, they just appeared out of nowhere, yeah, fully formed.
3: And that, and it's great. And you get, you get this, and they all work on the same. And it's like, and you can see when you look at those IMDb things of those guys, or or on the back of you know DVDs, you can see all the same faces, and you are going, they've been working with each other for years on things that we've never heard of. No one they've got such rapport and, and know how to get a show done quickly, and have and had that experience, and with with writing stuff and acting because they just get so many things up, and they've all done, you know. Not the same money that you get in America, but but that, that consistent sort of work, it's, which it, it's one of the things I really like about about your
1: IMDb page, but particularly <laughs> because there is that Crash Palace in two thousand and one, and then nothing, and then thank yeah. God, and thank God you're here, and it's it's this like, in such short terms, mm. it is a lesson in perseverance. Sure, yeah, and and the perseverance of of Australian actors, I think is is extraordinary. I wouldn't have that commitment? Yeah. It's it's terrifying.
3: Yeah. It, it but you also end up going there's, there's nothing else you, you <laughs> I'm wildly unsuited to any other thing now. I've I mean I think your you, your brain atrophies to a point the practical parts of your brain where you would be quite um, I wouldn't know what to do in any other job. I'd just sit there people would Hose me down Or something I don't know And just sort of Shovel me out in the street And you know Unless I think that's the thing When you get spoilt On TV shows as well When people give you muffins And coffees all the time That you start to go and then when you suddenly when they don't give you muffins and coffees all the time, you suddenly going, I don't. Well, how did I get muffins and coffees? The last day of the
2: shoot of Outland, I remember very much, you Are going? Who's going to put my shoes on for me now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. But they like to they like to trick you into that.
3: They like you to, because everyone assists you so often, and then they don't let you touch anything because and but they treat you like a moron because it's it's safest just to treat actors like idiots. Uh, but then eventually, any part of your brain that you used to be able to do things, you forget. And you, do you ever get do you remember like at the end of at the end of filming you suddenly you know, get the start, you're like someone's going, Mr. like, oh Toby, can I get you a coffee or something? Can I and you're like, hey, listen, come on, I'll make that myself. Put that down, buddy. I'll make you one. Oh come on, those, come on. And then by the end Where's I'd, my bacon? Where's my <laughs> this is not cooked to my satisfaction. I scalded my tongue on this. What sort of soy? Bring me one lunch dessert. Yes, <laughs> lunch dessert. I need my second lunch dessert, please, of a different variety. We this.
2: all got very fat doing that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of bacon, a lot of lunch dessert.
3: Who has? To, you can't have dessert at lunch? It's not. It's not a practical thing. There was dessert at breakfast sometimes as well. So no, they have no, like little fruit things, like pastries. You're going. I can eat dessert with every meal, and as soon as it's there, you're like. Mm. on um, what's Spartacus Spartacus the, uh, the uh, New Zealand one oh. there's, there's two there's two tents there's a tent that you can choose uh, for your eating for your lunch at the start of the season you can choose one's like the healthy tent uh, and you only have healthy foods and things and then there's the, the other person tent the tent I would be in, um, but then you can't swap during the year. You can't oh, really? You're stuck. Out. You're stuck. You're stuck in the... What, for the whole shoot? Yeah. Well, but so, so all the guys doing all that That's what little did. So, yeah they'd, yeah, they'd want to be in the, they want it, the yeah. egg white tent. They're yeah. in the egg, the egg white and, you know, <laughs> air and, <laughs> and yeah. It, I don't know what else they have.
1: And and then and then there's the dim sim tent. Yeah, yeah and then there's dim
3: yeah. sim and, and, and lunch dessert tent. And then you just have lots of lunch desserts. It's so good. Oh,
2: oh
3: lunch dessert. Your faces. Oh. Oh. Im- impractical. Impractical, but delicious.
1: T- Toby Truslove, I, I thought you were coming in to, to talk about acting and you've ended up inventing meals. And, and no.
3: I, <laughs> I do what I can.
1: <laughs> I, I love you. Thank you so much for, uh, for, for coming on to Box Cutters. That has been my utter pleasure, Box Cutters Collective. It's it's been it's it's been wonderful. You will be on uh, Outland starting February the
2: the eighth, nine thirty p.m. Wednesday the eighth.
1: Uh, also available on iView. Yeah, on um, the yeah, uh, yeah. A- ABC website, uh, and later on in the year, series two of Laid.
3: Yes, yes, indeed, and uh, um, a show called Randling, and uh, another ABC show oh, called Randling. Randling. Yeah, which is going to be fun. So people should watch out because it's going to be it's like a quiz show all about uh, words and two motion and pictures, pictures.
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and six uh, series and a, and a movie and, and uh, uh, then also a skate the ice skating uh, epic Strange it's Calls me on Ice on Fire. It's we'll going to be very good. Will Strange Calls be this year or next year? Uh, I
3: don't know. Actually, ABC certainly have a lot of things up their sleeve at the moment, no. so I would guess next year. There's okay. a lot of things still to come yeah. out. Toby Trustlove,
1: yeah. thank you so much. Thank you, guys.
4: Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mole.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got no time for that. <laughs> uh, so there's, there's, there's so much pork. There is, there is so much pork. Firstly, I want to say thanks to everybody for uh, donating to the Possible uh, account. Uh, we've reached our, our minimum target. That was pretty astonishing, wasn't it? It's, within 10 days. 10 uh, days, bam, reached long. the minimum target. Wow, we're going to South by Southwest. Going to South by uh, South 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 so that is, that is very exciting. Also exciting is that Crumpler did some great work, got us 50... 50 soup and salad bags Mm. uh, to to use as incentives for people to donate. There are still eight bags left at the very, very cheap price of $100. And I
2: read online you said the
1: soup and salad would fit, we think, two roast chickens? I think think it would fit two roast chickens Mm -hmm. from the supermarket. Yeah. Not... Uh, not necessarily the large free rangers and definitely not a turkey. But but next to each other? Next to each other, you could fit two roast chickens useful. in the uh, in the soup and salad. What colour are they? They are brown with a beige stripe. Nice. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a very nice, stylish right. uh, bag. Yep. $100, they retail for 155 You will not find that price anywhere else in the whole human world. We also have uh, a number of... Uh, a number of the uh, guest spots for one hundred and fifty dollars. And
2: where do I go again, Josh?
1: If you go to boxcutters.possible.com.
2: dot com, and that's possible spelt badly. Yes, p o z i b l e. Right, and you can you can get Cropley, Canal, and and Peter's, Peters to leave the country. Yeah, yep. yeah. Who would who wouldn't pay money? Make them leave the country. The rest of us crazy party of the podcast when they don't crazy oh. party. Don't crack Josh's crystal egg. He'll be very upset. I will be very upset. <laughs> and don't drive my Porsche. And don't drive the Porsche. Uh,
1: and, uh, and what else? Oh, just, uh, just before Toby comes in, because uh, I want Toby's footnotes, trotters, whatever <laughs> they're called. I think he's, he's got a new name for it. Maybe he'll tell us. Maybe he won't. I don't know. He's very secretive. Uh, John, you and I are going to be at Acme uh, the last Thursday of February, yes. the
2: 23rd. Talking about sex and violence on television and showing clips. Right. Yes. Clips. And uh, and with the, with uh, and Baker violence. and Emily McGuire, it should be it should be quite fun. And, um, and so we are we are talking about sex and violence and the sort of history of it. But we're also particularly talking about the idea of sex and violence together, which seems to be Se- a, a new yeah. yeah, sex mixed with violence
1: put on our screens. Yeah. Shows like Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones Spartacus, Ro- blood and sex. Yeah, is that what it was called? Blood and sex? Uh, was it no, 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 blood and sex. Tits sand. and Arse Yeah, t- tits and t- tits and yeah. and frontal. Spartacus, yeah. Titty bar. Yeah, and it was uh, I think it was front bits, Spartacus yeah. front bits, and now with trotters or another name for the segment. Here is Toby Halligan. <laughs> I did make you a nice. I did
4: make you a nice intro to that.
1: Toby. That really
5: goes on, doesn't but it? Not. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's happening to that pig is quite yeah. horrible. You all very enjoyable.
4: You could come in at any time with that with the squealer. I, I think, well, I don't even know what that means. I made you, I made you a nice one and, and Brett
5: just uses that one. I know he did Because you didn't like my one. Because this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. <laughs> because the things that Cropley does. Um, hello and welcome to Places You've Strayed. <laughs> with Toby Halligan. Uh, Toby came up with that. That's another thing that's changed. I've started awkwardly referring to myself in the third person. Um... So uh, the, the firing story. Let's first uh, be a little bit clear. Um, Josh actually accidentally told a lie. Two of the reporters were fired. The two people who appeared on camera. The producer of the segment actually resigned. Um, oh. You said that three had been fired. It doesn't matter that much, but uh, eh. um, uh, that's, as that's, well, that's what Brisbane Times said um well that, that was your first mistake wasn 't it? relying on the brisbane Times don't blame you rag. Rag. interestingly she 's claiming her reputation was damaged even though she 's now moved on to a better paid job in townsville she's uh, now with, winning with Channel Seven and more yes she 's swapped teams swapped sides not in a gay way in a <laughs> sides way um, but uh, josh was uh, i 'm not even going to give you a shovel to dig yourself no i don't need one i don 't need one. I can dig myself in fine um, so uh, I, I thought we'd do a bit of a countdown of media misbehaviour just to you know uh, indicate you know is this a new thing is this a fresh thing this is actually one of the few occasions in recent times where our journalists have actually suffered the consequences of doing their various naughty things are you starting from 20 please tell me you're starting from 20 I'm not I'm only going to do 4 um, well 5 um, uh, so number 1 uh, you know in, in the spirit of count the countdown I think you said uh, countdown. ok number 5 um, uh, number 1 uh, in the spirit <laughs> of the midnight oil classic uh, during the 2000 Nine uh, Victorian bushfires ethics are burning because whether it was journalists driving around victims so they could re- record their heartfelt reactions to seeing their friends' houses burnt down or apparently some reporters smearing their clothing with ash from the ground to make it look like they were closer to more dangerous areas or in Whittlesea where um, uh, one particular journalist recalls uh, capturing a woman speaking to a phone at the relief centre in Whittlesea suddenly starting yelling they're alive, they're alive after hearing that her husband had been found alive at a neighbour's house um, as she turned to walk up, a television channel grabbed her and said can you do that again please? And then she was grabbed by another television channel who asked exactly the same thing. Uh Um, Then of course in 2010 there was the Victorian floods, Knee Deep in Integrity where Laura Turner... Quite heroically, Channel 9's Laura Turner was seen standing up to her knees in freezing water in Aruna Drive, Buxton. Except, of course, she were, people she actually wasn't standing uh, in particularly deep water. She made a point of standing in a ditch, so the water looked much oh. deeper. And in other shots, uh, people could be seen walking around behind, uh, with gumboots on. Uh, oh, um, that's, the, uh, that's the Jesus Troop. Exactly, exactly. Then in 2006, uh, there was uh, that infamous moment in Indonesia when Naomi Robson ate a child. No, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Saved Naomi Robson saved a child from being eaten. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Naomi Robson got kicked out of Indonesia for trying to save a Papua New Guinean child from not being eaten. Yes, yes. (laughs) That was what actually happened. <laughs> if you're confused, I think so was Naomi Robson. But then she always is, isn't she? But I think uh, the number one prize has got to go to Dave Sluggo Richardson, who you might remember as the reporter who was immortalised in a Frontline episode for pursuing Christopher uh, Scase supposedly to Majorca, And uh, uh, there was a video footage of him driving round and supposedly being stopped by all these police roadblocks. There's actually a moment where he says, roadblocks, let's get out of here. Uh, of course, Media Watch. Reviewed the footage and established that in fact all of the cars that could be seen in the footage were from Barcelona on the basis of the number plates, and in fact he'd never been in Majorca at all. <laughs> um, incidentally, David Richardson and the producer of the story, Chris Adams, for that were um, suspended for one month without pay, which just goes to show how times have changed. In uh, I guess a positive way, you know, given these people were you know all fired for their concealment. Um, The most recent example, just to show you that this is not just an Australian thing, uh, just a few days ago, Italian State TV aired old footage of another cruise ship uh, swaying from side to side uh, when it was covering the Concordia. They claimed, oh, look, this is footage from the Concordia. But in fact, it was from an Australian boat from 2010 that didn't sink. So there you go. (laughs) John was talking about product placement. Interestingly, it turns out that more than 90% of British adults do not recognise that product placement logo that's been introduced um, uh, to programs uh, earlier this year. Chinese television. Um, So, Josh, you were talking about how uh, Chinese TV's been gutted. I think we were talking in an episode in late 2011 regarding increased regulation of reality TV shows. Yes. Here's an interesting factoid for you. So, State Media recently reported that the number of primetime entertainment shows plunged from 126 in December to just 38 this week, (gasps) which is a colossal drop. That is a massive drop. It is. It's absurd. I, uh, that could be the time of the year, perhaps, but it seems like the over-regulation, like what you were talking about, they really are being regulated out of existence. Now, Josh, you were asking about uh, companies in China. Well, it's true that um, in 1949 all business entities in China were actually created and owned by the government, but from the late 80s onwards they've been gradually allowing more and more private enterprise to filter in. So I don't think that they actually necessarily own a proportion of of all companies. It's just okay. that a vast majority of the companies in China are actually state-owned. Um, so, foreign-owned companies are able to operate, you know, independently, like they're heavily or, regulated. No, but what about...
1: Chinese entities. Chinese are, Chinese entities yeah. without government interference.
5: Uh, h- what do you mean by interference? If you mean without the government actually owning a majority or a significant proportion of the shares, yes. then yes, there are. Okay. Um, So... I can give you figures about how many there are, but that's not very interesting. No. The point Since
4: known is- no, they had the One Country 2 systems.
5: Yeah. They, exactly, they basically gradually allowed the introduction of capitalism. It was interesting, I think you were kind of alluding to this, uh, Josh, before you were talking about, just as an example of um, uh, these uh, kind of internet TV streaming and the sheer amount of revenue, the the TV show you were referring to before when you mentioned GM, uh, they're investing in GM, has actually co-produced a production called Miss Puff with uh, company Yuko, um, which has been an incredibly successful kind of online series, uh, which actually holds... The 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 record I think, in China for the most video views for a, a stream uh, yes, show. Yes, 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 yes. It has like 79 million views of this particular series. So it's been incredibly successful. And the way GM gets its money's worth is firstly they've got ads at the beginning and the end, but also uh, the suitor for Miss Puff, it's like a cartoon, like a Meng style cartoon, mm-hmm. actually drives a GM Chevrolet. So it's an interesting new kind of form of advertising where they're actually directly co- cooperating and presumably GM has creative input in different kinds of things.
2: So that's exciting, isn't it? Um Glenn Peters mentioned that at the end of last year so I think about we're going to get to a point where if you steal the shows you're also stealing the, the advertising. They they're gonna, is, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I actually wonder if we'll have a return to 50s style like the Colgate Hour you know like whether mm. whether the titles will end up actually having brand names in them as well like they did in America in the 50s.
1: Mm. Well I think I think you know Powell are really happy every time that Graham Kennedy uh, bit yeah. ends up on some clip show yep. like 20 to 1 pal must be so happy about 20 to 1 that was one. a good
5: investment wasn't it it really was yeah. I would never have picked it um, we were talking about Martin Lawrence and he is an interesting oh. choice uh, for being given a new show given how badly his previous show ended because aside from the ratings flatlining for about 11 million in its first season to around 6 million in the fifth season it turns out that Josh isn't the only person who can't stand to be in the room with Martin Lawrence um, part of the reason I think the show went downhill was the fact that uh, Lawrence's co-star uh, Tisha Campbell, who played his on-air girlfriend, um, was actually accusing him of sexual harassment from 1993 onwards. It had become so bad uh, by 1997, and halfway through the season, she actually attempted to quit the show entirely. She got sued and was forced to return to the show, and only returned on the understanding that she would not have to be on the set at any point with Martin Lawrence, which put um, the uh, writers of the show in a very interesting position, in particular for the final season of the show, where they had to write now a long special where Lawrence and his Supposedly, much beloved girlfriend were never in the same room together. <laughs> oh. Indeed, we're never on the set at the same time. What, what was that show again?
2: Um, oh, it, was just it, was it was called Martin. It was called Martin. Mm. Because I am really curious now to try and find some episodes of that it, <laughs> to see what the they only, did. The only episode uh, of Martin that I've seen all the way
1: through, I saw in uh, France in 1998, and uh, and it was dubbed in French. Uh, and and I just watched that because I was doing my laundry at the time. Was mm. it just as, as funny? Uh, it was it was it was funnier? Oh. Uh, in that I could laugh at how funny French people sound. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, this, oh, it's just making me angry. Mm. Just just making me. Angry. It's also, however, uh, part of the uh, the contract of this show that I not be on the same episode as Martin Lawrence at any time.
2: Yeah, you you, you both have never been on the show
5: together.
1: Never been on the show together.
5: It's amazing. I don't know how the writers for the show manage that. Yeah, I know.
2: Tricky.
1: That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 291. Thank you very much, Toby. And
5: they are places where we've strayed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sticking with that. Yeah, no, good, good. Uh, Brett is going to stick with the pig noises. You know that, don't you?
5: It's fine. It's going to be one of those quirky things that'll be funny in years to come. (laughs) It's not now, but it will be. It will be at some point. It will be
4: an inside joke for the long-term listeners.
5: And for pigs, yeah. That
1: does bring us to the end of episode 291. I want to say thanks very much to Toby Truslove, who came in and told us all about what it's like being an actor and taking direction from John.
2: Uh, I didn't direct anyone.
1: You did in the words, in the words, what you wrote. In the words, you yeah, made yeah. him do stuff. He you said, made Toby
2: Translov he said do stuff, stuff out there with his mouth.
1: Yeah, that you made him do. Yeah, you said, you wrote, you wrote. Max goes over there, and Toby had to go over there and said some stuff. Yeah, yeah. from
2: yeah. my fingers to his mouth. Yeah, oh. Oh, well. It was
1: good. It was good until
5: you made it dirty. <laughs> well, it's a mind picture. We're all enjoying. It.
1: Thanks, thanks Toby Truslove. Thanks John for uh, for organising for him to come in because he's totally famous now.
2: Two shows. You should watch his show on February eighth. Oh, nine thirty. Uh, Outland. Yeah.
5: Outland. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's uh, uh, written by Adam. I've forgotten about that actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adam did some great work on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, don't forget boxcutters. Possible. You can send us to South by Southwest in Austin yes, uh, and uh, and we'll be very very happy to, to be there and put on an excellent show for everybody there that other people can hear and see Ooh. and so that's all I'm going to say and see until
4: next week my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards I'm Toby Halligan. I continue to be Brett Cropley thanks for listening to Box Cutters catch us again next week same bat time same bat channel and hey let's be
3: careful out there
0: Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Crockley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes, or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net, and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there.
2: Because that was a very, very triple M And there. When I haven't had enough water. Really? Yes. You should do that on all shows. Sir. Uh, hello and welcome to Boxcutters. It's very good. Hey, do your Pete Smith impersonation. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just
5: missed Boxcutters.